and welcome to the MTD Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Reynolds, and I've got 30 years' experience on the design and manufacture of cutting tools. And joining me today, we've got two very special guests. One is Phil Crawley, the General Manager of Hymer, who has been with the business six years, and Ian Morton, the Area Sales Manager for the Northwest, covering Yorkshire, Ireland, and Northern Ireland. And I know Ian's also been with the company quite some time. Gents, welcome to the MTD Podcast. Hi, Joe. Hello, Joe. So just jumping straight in, if I come to you first, Phil, I think most people listening to this will be aware of your company, certainly by name, if not all of the products. And that's where I'd like to start, really. Uh, who are Heimer and what do you offer the marketplace? Well, Heimer is uh, a family-owned company um, based in Germany. We're 44 years old. Um, we set up the UK subsidiary um, six years ago when I joined the company. Um, and we're market leaders, world market leaders in shrinking and balancing technology. But the portfolio has increased somewhat, and we now include tool presetting and cutting tools within that program. Of course, tool holders, which is what most people recognize us for. Sure. And Ian, if I come to you, let's start with tool holders. Um, obviously, you're what, what I would class as a premium tool holder manufacturer um, based out of Germany. And it's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? You know, obviously you're very biased towards shrink uh, initially. I know you've offered some, you bought some more clever technology to the market since the, uh, you know, since you started making shrink. But that's probably what you're best known for, isn't it? Yeah, primarily. The, the, I think the, the Heimer product centers around the, the shrink technology. But I say, again, it's I'll use the term misconception. Uh, yeah, naturally, we would, would gravitate towards the shrink technology. Uh, but when you think of what's available with the power collets, the precision collets, the HG collets, the high precision, there's there's a there's a plethora of uh, of tool holders available. So yes, we would normally go with a, a shrink because we consider that's the the most accurate and secure way of uh, holding a cutting tool. But but even when we talk um, generically, Ian, it's again, it's a minefield. Take brands out the out the equation at this stage. I, yeah. I sit down and you'll hear some compelling arguments to go hydraulic, and you'll hear some compelling arguments to go with some precision collets. But it, yeah. is it horses for courses, or do you think shrinks best for everything? Um, uh, no, possibly not. Possibly not. We, from my experience, we I've come across a, certain, a couple of instances where the 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 rigidity of the of the shrink holder sometimes impacts the the performance of the cutting tools because there's there's a little bit of give with a mechanical buildup. Uh, we we do you know I'm, I'm honest enough to to recognise that and accept it. That's the, that's part of the course. Uh, but with the the amount of geometries what are available now with with shrink holders with nose diameters were you know one and a half two millimeters larger than the cutting tools the accessibility of cutting tools the the range of extensions we can offer uh, i'm relatively confident we'd be able to offer a solution with a a, a build-up of a shrink assembly to more or less any yeah uh, any operation yeah so when i used to see shrink technology it was predominantly on long reach applications um quite yeah. often on a five axis machine whereas now i can go and see a i can go and see a three axis mill and they're using shrink fit you know shrink fit holders for you know traditional milling or or some of these advanced yeah. roughing strategies 
Yeah, I think I think more and more they're they're coming down to the. I think in industry accepts the 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 C and B style companies. Traditionally, it was always the the larger companies that embraced the the shrink technology. But we're seeing it more and more where the the smaller uh, companies are now embracing the shrink. Just be just because of what what it actually gives them. It gives them a you know a, ability to run faster, to more accurate. You know, the, you make the comparison there between a a collet chuck maybe or a, a hydraulic. Yeah, they all have the pros and cons. That, but when you're you go out into the market and you purchase a a milling machine, and uh, the guy who sells you the milling milling machine tells you it's accurate to three, two, three microns. You think fantastic, that's wonderful, and then unfortunately, people then proceed to put a tool holder which has a tolerance of maybe ten, fifteen, twenty microns of the tool holder. So it doesn't make sense. In order to maximise the machine tool, surely you maximise the tool holder. That's where we come uh, come at it anyway. And we see more and more the smaller companies uh, now embracing the the. And again, it's a misconception about the the co- the cost against benefit. You know, you compare the cost of a of a shrink holder towards a hydraulic. I think you'd be you'd be surprised at the difference in uh, cost of it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. We are seeing more more shrink in the field. But but Phil, if we come to you, you actually obviously you make the tool holders with great success. But equally, you offer the machines themselves. I know you're one of only. Well, there's not many of you actually manufacture your own machine and your own tool holders. That's absolutely right. And I mean, there's a lot of shrink systems, for instance, on the market, but actually the producers of the machine and the tool holders, I can only really think of a couple that do that. And to really understand what one has to go through, then, you know, we make a machine which, given the very exacting parameters we have on our machine and the quality of the steel that we use in our tool holders, that we can really give a very, very good lifetime on the tool holder. Yeah, because that, that's something, maybe there's some education that needs doing um, to some engineers, not all engineers in all fairness, but we go, obviously in your holders being used with like a Bosch, you know, like a handgun, like a hand, you know, I don't know what they're actually called, but they're actually shrinking tools in and out with a gun, you know, heat, heating yeah. them up. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's doing the tool holder no good. These It, it may look a simple process, but there's a lot of science behind it. Well, what we tell customers, Joe, is that, you know, the structure of the steel doesn't change until 550 degrees. So typically our shrink machine will run up to around 350 degrees. So we're well within the limit of the material. If you don't control that process in the in the best way, then, you know, I can tell you if you ever see a tool holder that's cherry red, it's approaching 900 degrees. So the tool holder will never go back to its original state and you start to lose run out, you start to lose grip force. Um, and the fact is we just don't know um, what's happened with that tool holder during that heating process. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And if we look at your shrinking technology, again, we've got some, how do I put it, some quite basic entry-level style machines. But also you've got something, you know, it, you know very complex, well, maybe not complex, but very, you know, very techno- technology bias. We're bringing in networking, we're bringing in chips, QR codes, you know, industry 4.0. And you've got pretty much everything in between. I don't know how many you've got in your shrink range, but it, but it's vast. It must be the biggest range. 
I think we have over 50 different models, Joe, of, of shrink machines. So, you know, we have something for every budget, something for every need. Um, if you are shrinking literally hundreds of tool holders every day, then we have a solution for that. Um, and, you know, if you're just doing one or two, then we can find something that will fit the budget. And you've also got, which some people, a lot of people may not be aware, well, the Nano for doing, obviously, smaller smaller sizes. Yeah, it's a machine, Joe, that not that many people kind of know about, but we it's a horizontal machine. And when you're dealing with very, very small tools, it's often better to work in a horizontal plane because the tool is not trying to fall away from you. A typical micro chuck or, you know, HSK 40 or something like that, there is no backup screw inside. So if you drop the tool, it will go straight through. So if you're working horizontally, it's much, much easier to handle. Yeah, and if I move on to the, the next subject I want to talk about, and it's something, like I don't know what your market share is, perhaps you can tell me, but I pretty much only see your balancing machines. There's, there's not many other, well, yeah, I can't think of any. So, But beer, there's not many people out there balancing tools that aren't on a high tool, hold, uh, tool balancing machine. So it's fair to say you've got you know a, a core competence there. And you know, what, you know, is that something you see a lot of, uh, Phil? Well, you're right, Joe. We are world market leaders in, in balancing technology with uh, tool holders. Um, it's an area where if the customer understands the concept and um, is looking to improve the process, then you know, we can offer something to them. Uh, I think it's fair to say that more and more people are starting to buy into the concept of balancing. Uh, as spindle speeds increase on machine tools, then the need to have balanced assemblies becomes more and more. So, you know, it's it's an engineering thing you have to accept is physics. It's not sales talk. You know, the thing is real. You can't see it. You can't hear it necessarily, but um, we know it's there. And if we can correct the unbalance, then we can be sure that we will achieve the optimum from the machine tool and from the cutting tool. Ian, your, your, your boots on ground, you're out, you know, seeing customers every day. Is it is there more adoption? I see, I yeah, see, yeah. I seem to be seeing more of these machines in the field. So uh, is the penny dropped? Is there more adoption? Oh, absolutely. In terms of the, the, the balancing side of it, the, the investigation, I certainly people now contacting me, uh, even if it's just simple things, uh, messages are via LinkedIn or somebody has passed on the phone number inquiries coming to the office yeah we it's strangely where within sales you you soon realize if somebody contacts you then there's genuine in, interest there yeah it's it's a bit different when we're trying to engage with a customer and you're trying to trying to explain the the physics and the maths and the concept behind it but once they show an interest of it it does because it do, does become a lot easier and more and more people are now embracing it i know phil's just said there when it comes to the the higher spindle speeds but you'll be you know again it's a misconception where people just consider only the, a customer today he immediately said Oh, we're not we're not sure we're we're, we're at that stage at the minute because we don't run a, a, a super high speeds. So what they consider super high speeds to what we consider super high speeds, it, you know, some sometimes differ. So people can be, you know, we've we've measured a, a tool this morning, uh, and it had a you know a maximum revs of four and a half thousand revs, and he's running a, a ten millimeter aluminium specific tool in this at plus. 16 17,000 revs so again it's a misconception so the more people understand it 
and the more people try to embrace it, uh, uh, it is, I'm seeing a huge, huge increase in inquiries. So, so just on that example, talk us through that, uh, talk, talk us through that example. Let, let's say, let's say he doesn't buy, he doesn't invest. What's going to happen to that tool, the holder, maybe even the machine? Well, there's, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. The, uh, and this happened to, to me, uh, the middle of, in fact, not last year, last year was a write-off, wasn't it? The year before where, we we started explaining to it is quite a large a large customer in the UK uh, the concept of balancing and strangely they actually had had a balancing machine on site but never used it and once we started to talk in to the lead engineers they immediately uh, opened it up to the maintenance team yeah and it was actually the maintenance team what were actually driving the importance of balancing to engineering which which might seem seem strange yeah. Because they they were spending that much time repairing spindles, replacing spindles, yeah. So th- this this wasn't being driven from an engineering point of view. This was being driven from a purely a maintenance, a preventative maintenance plant, and that's now been written as a technical requirement that no tools go on the machines if it's if they don't hit the the required balance rating. So in answer to the question, there's there's two ways of looking at it from a, a maintenance point of view. Do you look after the machine spindle do you look after the your investment of you know anything from a hundred thousand to a million pound yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, it's very simple it's very simple and, and i don't know who wants to explain this but what i'm about to ask you i think it's the most important question well i'll, I'll ask today really but every tool holder probably but certainly the majority of tool holders come balanced officially you know, the, the tool holder's got it on the side, they're balanced to G, 2.5, whatever it may be. So, but that that's only half of the battle, isn't it? So maybe you can explain the, the journey of the tool holder from taking it out of the box, even though it's balanced, supposedly, from a factory, you know, yeah. how does that, if you put that straight into the machine or, or into your, um, into one of your balances before the machine, you know, just tell us about that journey, the two options there, because these tools arguably come balanced already. Yeah, uh, Phil, if I can answer that, if you don't mind. Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. Uh, well, again, it, this is a, just only today. The, the the customer in question brought a tool holder to me. And granted, I will say it was only a, a collet chuck, but, you know, it was a, a branded collet chuck. Uh, and on the side of the chuck, it had a balance rating of G6.3 to 12,000 revs. So we put it up on our tool dynamic balancing machine just as a plain holder with no collet, with no nut, uh, and and that was actually incorrect for what for what we witnessed. I think it had a balance rating of G twelve point three, and the maximum revs was four and a half thousand revs recommended. And bizarrely, Joe, what what we actually did, the customer said, "Oh, can we put the nut back on?" So we put the nut on, the nut back on, and it actually improved the balance rating. Well, uh, you don't know. <laughs> all. all only only a small amount but in uh, you know in answer to your question once you take the a collet chuck or any chuck out of a of a of a box yeah okay if it says it's balanced okay we we say it's balanced but what happens is inevitably that's in its raw state so there's no collet to be considered there's no nut to be considered and there's no cutting tool to be considered and the pull stud obviously all these are mitigating factors to decrease decreasing the balance rating of that assembly. So inevitably, you you 
customers will use a, a variable helix cutting tool. More often than not, it will have a center cutting flute. The physics tells you that that assembly cannot be balanced because there's more weight on one side of that cutting tool. Yeah, for sure. It's, and it, you can't argue with facts, uh, with the physics of it. it it's there to see. Yeah, it, 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 that, you must come up against that a lot, Phil. People must say, yeah, but I, I already buy balanced tool holders. Yeah, well, we. this is why we challenge them, Joe, to come down and have a look and, you know, forget the fact that the tool holder is balanced, you know, is in its naked state. You know, what we need to do is measure it as it is before it goes to, to cut metal. And, um, you know, invariably they're out. I mean, if you're starting from a bad point, it's probably only going to get worse. If you start from a very good point inside tolerance, then let's say a six millimeter cutter is not going to influence it that much. But if you talk about a 20 mil cutter with a welding flat, then you can be sure it's going to throw it out a long way. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I concur. And obviously, these tools are in or out of balance. We then, we've then got to inspect these prior to going onto the machine. So you even accommodate that, don't you, in terms of your uni series, in terms of your, uh, your presetters. So again, some people, I know this is one that's not new anymore, but it's one of your latest additions to the to the uh, the product portfolio. So if if uh, Phil, just tell us briefly about your uh, your presetters. Well, the, the company uh, Hyman Microset, of course, was previously owned by, by DMG Mori. Um, we had the company about uh, three years ago. I think the purchase was made. And um, since then, we've really grown the software development and, and the team in, in Germany. And uh, it's a product that's now yielding very good success. It fits very much in the portfolio of the toolroom preset area that we have. So we could offer the shrinking in and out, balancing, and of course now presetting. Yeah, and, and similarly with your um, with your shrink fit machines, you've got something for everyone, haven't you? You've got what I would class as a relatively low cost unit, but again, you've got something with all the bells and whistles all networked up, and obviously what these things ballast chips, whatever you want to use, there's, there's very little operator intervention. It's, it's pretty much done auto autonomously. Yeah, we start with. Um, a machine called Aruno Smart, which is a, an entry-level machine, which you'd normally perhaps stand by two or three machining centers and uh, take your measurements, print by label, uh, input that data manually. And then we start with the more PC-based systems where we can um, use data transfer, we can use BALF, QR code, uh, many systems to actually transfer the data automatically and then up to the very top end, which is a fully automatic machines. And in fact, our VIO tool shrink, which is a combined shrink machine and presetter. And we're able to hold pretty much 10 microns on length. So if you have two tools, you want exactly the same, whether it's a twin spindle machine or a single spindle, but you want to have all your tools the same. We can do that in a very controlled way. Sure. And if if anyone's listening to this and they really want to see the almost like the upper echelon, what Heimer really are capable of. One of the German trade shows, and forgive me, it's probably emo, but you had a fanuc robot basically being a human being. They were picking picking a cutting tool. Um, help me out here. They were shrinking it in, then they were balancing it, yeah. and then they were pre pre presetting it, and literally. The operator, well, there wasn't an operator there, it was just a robot behind, you know, a perspex guard. Yeah, absolutely, it can be done now. Um, we could talk about automating all processes, 
Um, we have the technology, we have the partners to do it on the robot side. So, um, you know, if people haven't seen that video, I think it's probably still on YouTube showing how that's done. But it's it's very real, Joe. People are starting to look at this technology. I'll move on to the next product I want to talk about now. And it's something that's very important, but not something you'd automatically associate Hyman with if you hadn't been on your website. And that's, that's tool management. But can you just explain what tool management means from a Hyman perspective? I think it's um, we look at it first and foremost from an organizational point of view, Joe. We, you know, we everything in our factory is, or everything that we sell, we actually use. So, you know, I can tell you that for 140 machine tools in in Hymer, um, we have really a couple of preset areas with with two guys in, um, because everything is in one place, everything is structured, everything is organized. And these are the kind of uh, hidden costs that nobody really measures in engineering. How long it takes you to go and find a spanner, a Torx key, all of these things. And if it's structured and well-organized, then everything is so much more easy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's People talk £40, £50 an hour. They tend to talk about that when the machine's in cut, don't they? But if you're wait, wasting you know, yeah. £40 an hour, 66p a minute, you know, they, all, they, all, they all rack up, don't they? They do, yeah, yeah, but nobody ever really measures it. Yeah, and, and just just to wrap up, really, um, virtual showroom. So I know you've got a facility in Burnley where the majority of your products are on show, but it, with the current world as it is, I know you know. Are you open for business? And and tell us tell us about your virtual showroom. Yeah, we have um, we developed in Germany. Uh, we had a tech center for the last few years, um, but we've got some guys in and we've made a now a virtual showroom so we can take customers into the showroom and then go to the inch individual machine watch a short youtube video on each one and move around as if you were there really and it's a very clever way of, of doing it it's very well presented very easy to use um so we have that option for our german facility but also at Hyper burnley we have um you know, our showroom is, is, is COVID-friendly. We have the protections in place. So if people want to see the machines, they're more than welcome. Make an appointment. We run through the necessary checks before they come um, to make sure everything's good and uh, they can come and see the machines for themselves. Yeah, and, and how are things generally, just, just to wrap up, when I speak to many engineers, there's, there's a lot of good news. Engineers, well, the, a lot of them have been busy throughout, but now more than ever, I know cutting tool consumption is up on the rise, which is a good sign. More parts are being made. How, how are you seeing the recovery at Hymer? Well, I think um, the super deduction scheme that's announced by the government is really key for the investment because this runs, I think, till 2023. So we're already seeing some interest from customers to offset uh, these investments against the tax liabilities. And, um, you know, I think the machine tool market will naturally benefit from this. And then in turn, we will benefit from that when the machines are coming close to delivery, I guess, in the next couple of months. So um, I think it's a great scheme and should kickstart things in the right direction. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I concur. Absolutely. And, and Ian, just the, the final one from you. You know, it, it's how do you how do you see the market? You know, obviously, again, you're speaking with customers at the moment. How, how are you seeing the market? Yeah, I I I agree with Phil. We're we're seeing a 
now customers investigating things more and more when it comes to this this type of technology. But one thing I, I personally see myself is there's a, a lot more emphasis on on time management, like you've just said about the tool management there, Joe, about uh, actually measuring how efficient you actually are at the moment. You know, we, I, I believe it, unless you maximize what you currently got, yeah, it, it, you know, people then say, oh, we'll go out and buy a new machine. Do they actually need to buy a new machine? Sometimes not. If you maximize everything you've currently got, maybe that's not not the right the, the right starting point. Yeah, but th- there's a huge increase now in uh, in traffic, uh, which is good. You know, it, it, it's, it's good for UK manufacturing and uh, the Heimer as a whole. Yeah. Phil, how do people, before we sign off, how do people find out more about Heimer? How do they get in touch if they want to speak to somebody or find, find a virtual showroom? Well, they can come and contact us here at um, Heimer UK office. Uh, just drop us an email. Or, or give us a call and um, we'll point them in the right direction. We can accompany them on this virtual tour um, to explain what sort of products they're looking at and um, to give them any assistance they need. Yeah, sounds good to me. Ian, Phil, I appreciate your time today, but more importantly, thanks to everyone listening at home. And yeah, stay tuned to the MTD podcast. We'll see you all soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.